Welcome to the River Hills Church Deep and Wide podcast. Each week we'll be going a little deeper and casting the vision a little wider based upon what we talked about on Sunday morning. So we are so glad you joined us. Stay tuned as we get rolling into Deep and Wide. So glad you guys joined us today. Again, welcome to the Deep and Wide podcast. Um, I don't know about you. Um, uh, I am really enjoying studying and preparing for the current teaching series we have at River Hills. Who is he? Looking at the different characteristics or attributes of God. Um, I hope you're enjoying it. I sure have loved preparing for it. And yesterday we dealt with the unchanging nature or the immutability of God how he doesn't change, how he is always the same, always has been the same, uh, and never will change. And that is a source of comfort as we looked at Psalm 102 and uh, really dug deep into some different areas of where God doesn't change and his truth and his plans and his purpose. Um, And and hopefully for you, uh, I know it is for me, um, it is a source of comfort. It is a source of clarity in the midst of a lot of confusion at times. And, and when we look at the culture we're even in today and things that are going on, um, we think that because things are changing, uh, everything is in chaos. And, and, and granted, it does feel that way. However, the unchanging nature of God is still consistent, even as it was when the culture was changing three, four, five thousand years ago. Um, God is always the same. And that is one of the wonderful things about knowing Jesus. Uh, going back to Hebrews chapter 10 or chapter 13, verse 8, uh, where Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, and that we have a God that relates to us, connects with us. The incarnate Christ who comes and shows us this incredible immutability. Um, hopefully will encourage you in your day-to-day walk. So we're going to dig into that just a little bit today. Not too much because uh, something on my heart I want to share with you guys. Um, and I'm sure you've seen it on all the news broadcasts and and um, in the newspaper and podcasts, whatever you look to to get your news. I hope it's more than just social media, even though that is a relevant place as well, is the devastating fires in Maui. Um, it is heartbreaking, gut-wrenching would be a word, um, to see all the devastation, to see all of those who have lost their homes. I just recently, right before this podcast, saw just an, old, an entire city just blackened due to the fire uh, with nothing but the ashes and smoke. And, and these are buildings that are more than two or three stories long, more than just homes. It's just everything. And so what I want to do spend a few minutes talking about how to respond to that as a believer, because um, many of you know this, my wife and I, and and my son, he he doesn't remember, uh, were in Hurricane Katrina just outside of New Orleans. And during that time, we went through some devastation. While we never lost anything, the angst, the power outages, the confusion, uh, the rumors, which was very real, uh, were something that uh, really plagued us for months. Um, and during that time, being a pastor of a local church there, 
uh, we had the opportunity to serve scores of people and work with different organizations and ministries. And what I want to do is, is really address the question of how can you and I help the people in Maui or anyone else that goes through a major disaster? Um, our church has had the opportunity to go to different places, whether it was in Haiti many years ago, or even currently now in the Bahamas that still reeling from Hurricane Durian. How do we deal with that? And so I want to give you a list of things, because if your heart is stirred to help people, and I pray that it is, that's one of the callings we have as believers, um, I want you to be educated of how you can best serve these people, because many times our desire to help becomes more of a hindrance. Now, I've experienced that on both sides. Um, during Hurricane Katrina and organizing just disaster relief teams from all over the nation to come to our specific area, um, there were those who were an amazing help to us. And then there were those who, honestly, we became babysitters and uh, it didn't help. In fact, it was more of a hindrance and we had to really work to remedy some of those situations. So, uh, let me give you a couple of things that I learned and, and not just as one that received help or organized help in teams, but also who has sent help and gone to places. Number one, it's going to be very obvious, but guys that you need to know that this is a big deal is prayer. And the Bible says that the, that the prayer of a righteous person, I'm going to quote King James here, availeth much. I love that phrase. Um, but prayer is something that is specifically so important and, and not just prayer once at dinner table, but all, you know, when you see it come across the newsfeed, when you, uh, notice it on, uh, your social media platforms, pray, but, but even more so if you know people there, let them know that you're praying. Um, many times we will say, Hey, let me know what I can do for you. And then what we need to do is instead of let them know what we can do for what, what you know, that, that we're here for them, but be there for them in prayer, uh, be praying for them specifically, be lo looking and hearing what people say as about far as needs. Uh, how can we pray? Go to a credible church website in that area and hopefully they'll post things or on their social media feed about how you can pray for them. But prayer consistently through the long term is something that is appreciated and is something that is powerful and is something that is effective. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Get your small group together, pray, ask for prayer about it at your local congregation or during worship on Sunday. We'll be praying for them specifically this Sunday, um, but be praying. Praying is an important part of that. Now, another thing that we need to talk about is sending money. Sometimes that's what they need. They need resources. When I see what's happening there uh, in Maui, these folks have nothing. And so they need resources to rebuild. They need resources to buy things, whether it be you know, pots and pans for their kitchen or clothes or whatever it may be because they've lost it all. And sending money is something that we can do. But here's what I want to warn you on is send it to the appropriate organization. And, and this is kind of how I look at things when I, when I think about sending money. Uh, the first thing is make sure that organization has boots on the ground. And what I mean is there needs to be people there assessing the situation and knowing. And number two, is it a reputable organization? One of the organizations we love to partner with at River Hills is uh, the disaster relief teams, teams, and I mean that plural, 
of the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, the reason being is they cook the majority of the meals that the Red Cross gives away. We just put them or they just put them in their boxes. And so, you know, those are great avenues to do so. There are other teams. Samaritan's Purse does a fantastic way. And, and, and they're limitless, really. Um, I always like to give locally as well. It's kind of like how I like to shop is to help out the local guy. But, you know, there are certain churches there doing fantastic jobs. And they need to, you know, have the resources to be able to provide for the people. And maybe they know of someone who is in need of something very specific and they don't have the resources. I remember during Hurricane Katrina uh, partnering with different churches in our area and there was a person that needed insulin. And so a pharmacy of a friend of mine, a pharmacist from a friend of mine in a local church in Georgia sent insulin there. And so when they're, you know, sometimes the people on the ground, specifically the local guys know exactly what's needed. And so thinking through it that way. And then finally, I always like to partner with a, with an organization that will ultimately share the gospel. We want to point to Jesus through this, the, you know, the need is great, whether the wildfire has destroyed it or whether the hurricane has flooded it or whether the earthquake has swallowed it up. Here's the deal. Ultimately, we want to point them to Jesus. And so I always love to, to give to organizations that I know it's going to eventually point to Christ, share Jesus with people. Um, and that's very important to me. It's very important to our church. So that was two. Send money. They need it. Send it to the right place. Uh, make sure it's got where, where it's going. And if you ever need people to send it to or about resources to send it to, please let me know. And I would love to point that uh, point you in the direction for that. Number three. Honor their wishes. Now, this is a huge one. Honor their wishes of the people who are there. They're going to tell you what they need, or at least the people who have boots are on the ground are going to tell you what they need. Don't send them stuff that you don't need or stuff that you're trying to clean out your closet for it with. Uh, while they're in Hurricane Katrina, uh, we needed things like water, baby formula, um, things that people could eat things that people need like pillows and pillowcases. But what we got were people who went and cleaned out their closets in the name of Jesus and threw it on a truck and they had the best intentions. But here's the deal. We were very clear with some people don't send clothes, don't send clothes, don't send, you know, certain things. And what would happen is that every time people would send those things um, and in doing so, it caused a great, hindrance on us where I'll never forget, we probably took maybe six dump truck loads of clothes to a local landfill. And the joke was people aren't naked, people are thirsty. And so, you know, respect their wishes, honor what they have, send what they need, not what you want to give. So do the work on the front end for that. You don't want to be someone that sends something to them that uh, they'll never be able to get rid of. In fact, many times during a natural disaster, uh, the clothes are collected and then sent overseas. Uh, and so it's a double whammy of expense, expense to get it to the place where the natural disaster is, and then the expense to get it on a container and send it overseas. Um, so be mindful of that. Number four, go there and yet don't go there. And, and what do I mean by that? Some of you are going to want to go to where there's a natural disaster, and you should. Some of you are going to go to where there's a natural disaster. And you shouldn't. Some of you don't want to go to where it's a natural disaster and you need to. Now, let me let's let's flesh this out a little bit. 
you got to ask a couple of questions. Who will you go with? Many times the people that cause the biggest problems when they go to on a, nat- on a, on a, on a trip to go help people with a natural disaster, go by themselves and just look for a place. I would encourage you to find a, a good quality organization that's setting up the ministries in order for people to serve effectively in a way that the people who are there need it. And so you need to go and then ask yourself the question, why am I going? Why am I going? You know, um, and do I have the right motivations for going? I find especially uh, people who are new to their faith um, will go and they're going there and their hearts are broken and they see it and they have the best intentions. But it's all about the Instagram photo they can get. Listen to me. Ask yourself, why am I going and do I have the right intentions? In fact, we have a policy uh, on many of our mission teams now is that we don't want to see Instagram photos of you and the kid that you're serving there. Um, we do need to talk about it, but one of the greatest ways you can influence people is do it without people knowing it. And so ask yourself why you're going and then ask yourself, do I have the skill set to help now? What I mean by that is like, if you wanted to go to Hawaii right now, most people don't have the skill set to go through the different areas that are devastated. We don't have that forensic background. We don't have a cadaver dog. In the future, you may be needed. You may be really skilled at putting up drywall or being a plumber and you can go in phase two, three, or four to help rebuild, but you got to know when to go and whether your skill set is needed at those moments. Uh, I don't know if you remember the massive tsunami and um, in the Pacific many, many years ago, um, it just devastated you know, hundreds of thousands of people were taken. Millions of people's lives were changed forever. And uh, what we wanted to do something as a church. And the best thing that we could do as a church that I was serving at, at that time is that they needed nurses and doctors to come and help do triage and help people. And we sent a nurse, we paid her away, and she spent two weeks there serving the people. Look, that's that's a need at that moment. Now, currently our church is doing ministry in the Bahamas. And many people have forgotten about Hurricane Dorian that happened and the devastation that happened in the Bahamas. Um, And what's needed now is construction teams to come in and help people. And we're doing that. Uh, That was not needed right after the hurricane. What's What's needed now is a trauma team to come help people deal with the trauma they dealt with and encourage other people. That wasn't needed when it just happened, but it's needed now. So I would say go, but don't go make sure the timing is right. And then the fifth thing, look for long-term investments. Look for long-term investments. Well, I mean, what I mean by that is where can you partner with for the long-term? Uh, going back to Hurricane Dorian is that, you know, that happened right before COVID. And then after COVID hit, it went off the news cycle and everybody forgot. And that tends to happen. What's going to happen even with the the wildfires in Maui is that, you know, in a month or two, people are going to forget, but the devastation is still real and the pain is still raw for the people there. Um, And so look for a long-term investment. If God has called you to serve these people, how can you encourage someone who's going to be there ministering to people, maybe send a team? I don't know, but look for a long-term way to serve people because this is going to be a process. Um, I say this a lot about funerals, you know, Typically, when someone passes, the grief is real, um, and and we we're, everybody's there in those moments. But where the where we're where we're really needed is two weeks, three weeks, a month after the funeral. 
And that's when people really need that encouragement because the phone quits ringing. And so think about long-term investments that you can make, not only in the lives of those who've been devastated, but the lives of those closest to you. Number six, you'll never know how they feel except that. You'll never know, for the most part, how someone feels after having their home uh, destroyed by a wildfire or a flood or losing someone uh, in a certain way. And even if you had an identical situation, you still probably don't know how they feel. Counseling 101 is never say the statement, I know how you feel, but that's how we, that's how we typically cope within ourselves when we go to minister or love on somebody else. I'll never forget during Hurricane Katrina, well-intentioned people came and showed a video that they produced in their suburban megachurch in Atlanta. And, uh, and, and these people are wonderful people. They love the Lord. And the video showed pictures of New Orleans being flooded and devastated. And the song was in the background. And I'll never forget, you know, watching that video thinking, I know those people that live there. Uh, that's our home. That's what I, I, that's our friends. And, um, and it wasn't meant to be a slight. It was meant to break people's hearts, but, there was a disconnect between those who were eight hours away and those who are living that experience. And we have to respect that about what's happening with other people and be sensitive to their needs in that time. So you'll never know how they feel. Just accept that, respect that and minister to them appropriately. So let's get back to our theme. How does this relate to the unchanging nature of God. <laughs> this is a long way to get to what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes is that the people that go through bad times, which is 100% of the people that's ever been born need to know that God doesn't change. And the reality that God doesn't change means that you and I have a solid foundation for us to stand on. We have a fixture of hope. And as a believer, one of the things we get to and have the opportunity we get to give to people is the fixture of Christ, the one that doesn't change. And people need to know in the midst of their hard times that God has not abandoned them. It hasn't abandoned you either. You have gone through a hard time. And just because you've gone through it or perhaps, perhaps been confused or struggled with anger, God has not abandoned you. Maybe you've struggled with sin and you feel discouraged and depressed and, and, and you know, that God's disappointed. I want you to understand something. If you are in Christ, God has not abandoned you. And even if you're not in Christ, you haven't accepted Jesus yet, the opportunity for hope in life is there. And the fact that God is immutable means that that sin does not keep you away from Jesus. If you know Jesus. <laughs> That pain doesn't mean God has left the building. His plan, his purpose, it hasn't changed for you. And so when you when you go in through these difficult situations, when you're going through that grief, that anger, that confusion, the, the God of the Bible is still the same as the God of today. And I would tell you to grieve appropriately, be angry appropriately, scream appropriately. He can handle it. But at the same time, rest in him rest in him and convey that message to those who are in pain. But understand this, that timing is everything. Timing is everything. It would be terrible. It would be a terrible witness of us if we went to Maui today and walked up to a 
family and grieving and weeping in front of their homeless and ashes and just look at them and say, you know what? You need to know Jesus. Timing is everything. They need to know the comfort of Christ. And, and, and that is so representative in the master and how the gospel was lived out and demonstrated through Christ is that we need to understand that having that relationship with Jesus is simply that, that relationship with Jesus. And the Jesus that called people to repentance is also the Jesus that wept. So make sure that timing is everything. The ministry of presence is so important. Rick Warren calls it the ministry of presence, sometimes just being there, just sitting with him. You know, in the book of Job, for seven days, his friends were so overwhelmed with how awful Job uh, looked and uh, the pain he must be dealing with for seven days. I think they didn't say anything. And that was probably the most fruitful seven days with his friends. If you read the rest of the book, because they were not encouraging afterward. Sometimes it's just the ministry of presence. You would be amazed at what a, a kind word, a hug, a casserole and sitting there watching jeopardy with someone that's grieving will do. It's the ministry of presence. And you may not feel like it's anything, but it means scores to those that are going through that pain. And then finally, what I want to just kind of reiterate our application from yesterday, know God and grow in God now. You see, God is unchanging. We, we've covered that. But one day that tragedy is going to hit your life. It's going to hit my life. It probably has for both of us. I know it has for me. And the more I know about God and his unchanging nature, and the more I've grown in my relationship with God, the more I'm able to walk through those dark periods of the valley of the shadow of death with the Lord in hope rather than in despair. Sure, depression is still real. Sure, anxiety is still real. But it's constantly steering my spiritual vehicle out of the ditch and staying focused on the Lord. So let me give you a couple of resources here. Get a good study Bible. You know, many times we don't understand the Bible and it's because we don't, we're so far apart of it in, in time and in experience and, and, and even how it's written, get a good understandable study Bible. I always recommend to the NIV study Bible and the ESV study Bible. And when you read the scripture, it has the notes next to it to help you understand what it means. Get one. I would say that might be the first step you need to take. And also incorporating a daily time with Jesus, spending time in prayer, spending time reading your Bible. If you took 20 minutes a day, every day, that changes your life. It changes your life. And um, if you need to help in learning how to do that, then we have many, many resources to begin to do that. Get a good podcast that you want to listen to, a good biblical podcast. You want to stay away from the health, wealth, prosperity, gospel gurus. Uh, won't name names, but they're out there. I would, and uh, but make sure you're staying within the boundaries of Scripture, and 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 living out that. Get around the right people. That's why small groups are so important. That's why that's why we need these people. One of the things that I saw in our church many years ago was uh, after a tragic event where someone passed, the small group as the family walked into the church to participate in the funeral, as families do. The small group walked with them, and they're still walking with them for the most part today. You need the right people in your life. And I would encourage you, on October 1st, we're going to be doing something called Engaging with God at River Hills to teach you how to do these things at a deeper level. So make sure you sign up for that. But guys, as we rest on the foundation of Christ, 
and his unchanging nature. May we express that reality to the ends of the world in the right ways at the right time. Love you guys. Can't wait to see you this Sunday.